This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show on Talk Radio. AM640. There is one thing we can agree on. We are, you know, we were all born and we are all going to die. But odds are people aren't going to study us years and decades after we die, even millions of years after we die, to find out exactly how we passed away and what our significance is to uh, the people that might be looking at us uh, later on. John Kappelman is an anthropologist at the University of Texas at Austin. He made an interesting discovery. He published his findings Monday in the Journal of Nature regarding how one of our earliest human ancestors by the name of, and she is super famous, Lucy died. And uh, we're going to be joined by uh, John right now. Hi, John. How are you? Uh, good afternoon. John, uh, I want to drive to all of your listeners. <laughs> Excellent. Let's go back a little bit uh, in history and maybe give us a little bit of a brief history on who Lucy is and where she was discovered. Sure. that uh, She uh, is a, a member of the species Australopithecus afarensis. That's a tongue tar and uh, was found in 1974 in Ethiopia. Dates to 3.1 million years ago. So she died over three million years ago. Most of her skeleton is preserved, a large percentage of it, more than most of what, excuse me, we get out of fossil uh, humans, fossil human ancestors. And that provides us with a unique window for studying how she lived. In fact, that was the point of our initiation of our study, to look at her skeleton, the kinds of loads that her skeleton experienced through locomotion. And it was only by looking at the skeleton in great detail that we think we've been able to propose a, a viable hypothesis about how she might have died. Is it important to, you know, find out exactly how she lived and died because it will give us a little more insight into how we evolved? Oh, absolutely. That, uh, you know, at that period of time that it looks like uh, she and members of her species uh, were bipedal. So when they were on the ground, they walked like you and I do, at mm-hmm. least, you know, not late on a Friday night, but during the regular day and just walking on two legs. But there are other aspects of her anatomy that suggest that she and her kind also climbed in the trees. Like what? Uh, which is, un- oh, well, we see uh, features of her feet, her toes, her hands, fingers, and shoulder that are indicative of arboreal locomotion. So more similar to what we see in primates, for example, like chimpanzees that move in the trees, not uh, what we see in animals, primates like us, who are mostly on the ground. So would the, now, the, 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 the uh, fingers and toes, would they be longer for gripping? A little bit. There's more curvature to them as well. But, you know, when I say similar to chimp, they're not like a chimp, though. They're just, they're different from us. So some points, for example, with her toes, if you curl your toes down, she had a greater range of motion in her toes than we do. So again, not quite like a chimp, kind of intermediate, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, a greater range of motion than we have. The shoulder showed more a greater range of overhead motion, so she could reach her arm up above her head differently. Those things are all interpreted as uh, adaptations for climbing. So you wanted to find out, you know, uh, there had been so many studies on what she probably, how she spent her day and what she did and where she would have lived. You wanted to find out exactly uh, what caused her demise. So where do you start? Well, this is an interesting part of the story, that uh, all fossils are badly beaten up by the geologic record. Geologic time, and here we're looking at deep time, is just not kind to bones. They get beaten up, broken up, fractured for lots and lots of different reasons, none of which have anything to do about things that happen during the animal's life. And that is the case for Lucy. Most of the fracture in her skeleton happened long after she died. 
As we were doing our study, though, on how she lived, we identified what we consider to be a set of a subset of these fractures that look like they happened during her life. These appear to be bone-to-bone high-energy impacts at several of her joints that suggest that the bone impacted against the other bone and fractured uh, the elements. That's not the way that the geologic record generally fractures bone. And what these fractures also show is that the small fragments of bone are preserved in place even though they're badly fractured. That suggested to us that the joint capsules, the soft tissue tendons and muscles around the joint were intact and that uh, this happened during the life of the individual. That had never been proposed before for Lucy. Everybody thought all these fractures were created equal, but you know, if we were going to print up a T-shirt on this project, we would say all fractures are not created equal. Right. And so what happened to Lucy? Well, in trying to figure this out, that what we can say is it's a high-energy impact. Now, I hope this isn't the case for any of your commuters this afternoon. Right. But we see these kinds of fractures in people today. Uh, car accidents, for example, can fracture the shoulders when the person reaches out their hands to brace for an impact, they re- put their hands on the dash of the car. It simply means that the components, for example, in the shoulder are compressed against one another. In Lucy's case, you know, I, I'm in a contentious field. People love to argue about everything. Nobody has yet said, why didn't you consider a car collision here? Well, I think we can agree it's not a car at three million years ago, and that leaves us then with a fall. Uh, there were no cliffs in the area where she lived. It was flat, and that means then that it was probably a fall from a tree. So given her small size, we think she probably nested in trees at night for mm-hmm. safety to get away from predators. And we know now that chimpanzees that also nest in trees fall out of trees every once in a while. Sometimes they fracture their skeleton. Sometimes they die. Uh, modern human hunter-gatherers forage in trees a lot, looking for honey, palm, oil, palm uh, wine, lots of different kinds of things, fruit in the trees. There are lots of human falls, uh, breaks, fractures, and fatalities out of trees as well. So even chimps that are adept, skilled arboreolists, they fall, stuff happens. They step on a branch, it's dead, it breaks, boom, down they come. And sometimes they die from those falls. So that's what we're proposing for Lucy with these falls and looking at the patterning and the severity of this subset of fractures. And that's a very important point for your listeners, that we're not talking about all the fractures in her body. It's a subset that had never been before identified as being potentially what we call paramortem at the time of death, around the time of death. Uh, We've been able to put together a scenario then that we think she fell feet first, hit on her feet, twisted to the right side. We see some of the bones breaking with a twist to them. Uh, landing on her right arm more severely than her left, more forcefully than her left, the right shoulders more severely fractured than the left, and finally then coming down head first. One of the very unusual fractures is her first rib. Her first right rib is fractured in several places. That requires tremendous uh, force against the chest to break the rib. It's the least frequently fractured rib, and uh, it represents very um, dramatic chest trauma. Would she have died so instantly? scenario. I think she did. But, you know, interesting point with this, and we've all done this. We've all fallen. When we fall, we just instinctively put our arms out to break our fall. What our scenario suggests is that Lucy was alive and conscious at the point of impact and that probably the last conscious thing she did, the last thing going through her head, her mind, was to reach her arms out instinctively to try to break her fall. Fascinating. That is fascinating. Now, I'm a bit of a geek. I watch a lot of uh, documentaries in Nova. And I, did you have to go through a lot of computer programs and, you know, reenactments? Or did you, uh, you know... Oh, a lot. Yeah. yeah. 
Was it mostly uh, done through computer? I'm sorry? Was it mostly done through computer programs and reenactments? You know, some of it, uh, well, a lot of the reconstructions are so that we did high-resolution, high-energy CAT scans of Lucy when she was in Texas a few years ago. And then we can do digital reconstructions of those data, the digital data. So the fossil itself is happily in Ethiopia. Uh, it's just like it was when it was discovered, so nothing's been done to it. But we can go into the digital files, dissect out the broken bits of bone, put them back together. And on the website, and my website, www.elucy.org, uh, viewers can look at some of these animations. Wow. They're complicated. Our programs are you know, high-end, three-dimensional programs. But the one that we found most useful for doing the reconstructions and animations is called Maya. It's what Pixar uses to make its you know, blockbuster animations. And my feeling with my lab group is if it's good enough for Pixar, it's good enough for us. Are you going to look, <laughs> um, are you going to look ahead to any other uh, you know, uh, fossils that we found or any other ancestors and, and try and find out how they might have uh, passed away? Well, it's, it's always something we keep our eyes out for. I think with this study, people will look more carefully now. It's rarely preserved in the skeleton, though, that, that everyone dies of something, as you mentioned in your intro, but you know, it's rarely preserved in the skeleton. Trauma can be, but sometimes the trauma is not what kills the person either. Sure. The other point that we're focusing on with Lucy, though, is going back to or continuing our original work, which is trying to figure out how she lived, how did she move, was she in the trees more or less, was she in the trees at all, was she only on the ground? And we're using our CAT scans uh, to analyze that, and we've got more stuff in the works on, on those studies. I wonder if you could go back and find out if this was caused at all, and this sounds quite a leap, but I guess this is what science is all about. Was it there any unusual, uh, <laughs> I know, no tie in there, but is there any unusual weather patterns that would have, you know, could there have been a tremor? Could there, you know, could it have been well, an earthquake that knocked her out of a tree? Could there have yeah, been a major what? storm? One of the things, you know, I mean, the storm is a good uh, possibility that Jane Goodall, whom you probably heard about, who's done all the great work with her team on chimpanzees at Gombe in uh, Tanzania, reports one case of a juvenile chimpanzee dying from a fall out of a tree. It was a 14-meter tall palm tree. A strong wind came up and blew the chimp out of the tree. So there can be those sorts of things uh, that happen. But for most of the falls, uh, a large number of them were just that a branch broke. And your readers will attest to the fact that stuff happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, branches can break. Uh, sometimes the chimps would fall because they're chasing a monkey that they're trying to kill. And they jump wrong and miss a uh, branch to catch on it or being chased by someone else. But uh, it's tough. It's hard being up in the trees, and, uh, you know, it's easy. We don't – I mean, even when we're on the ground, right, we still fall. Uh, one of my co-authors on this paper, while we were doing the paper, fell and broke his wrist. And you're like – he, he's looking at you going, you're never going to let me live this down, and you're not letting him live it down, are you? That story's everywhere. <laughs> John, I really <laughs> I appreciate – yeah. yep, go okay. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I said, no more replicated experiments. I don't want to see any more broken bones. Right. You right. One off is all. John, I really appreciate you joining us on the show. I mean, I think it's fascinating uh, work that you're doing with Lucy, and I wish you continued success. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for your interest and uh, safe driving and no texting to all of your uh, uh, listeners. <laughs> exactly. And when you get home and you're safe, go to uh, org and you can find out some of the interesting uh, work that John Kappelman at the University of Austin, Texas was doing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. The AM 640 Afternoon Drive Show. Listen live. Weekday afternoons from 4 till 7 on AM 640. Or download the app at 640toronto.com.